0: Hello, and welcome back for another volume of truly disturbing tales taken from Reddit. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy creepy tales and true crime, then you've come to the right place. We upload multiple times a week, and I enjoy interacting with subscribers, so please leave thoughts and comments down below. We also operate an Instagram page, so feel free to follow us there for scary facts, previews of upcoming releases, and otherwise unsettling posts. But without any further delay, let's get to today's stories. In 2014, I moved to England from Canada to gain work, travel experience, and also to find myself. I ended up living in Essex with three other roommates. They were all women, all a bit older than I was. I was 24 at the time, Megan 31. Cherry was 34, and Cassie was 38. Megan was from New York, Cherry from New Jersey, and Cassie from Poland. All four of us shared this three-story flat. The back of our home was the living room and kitchen, and the back wall was complete glass that looked out into our garden. The garden was completely fenced in. The house had an interesting living dynamic, to say the least. I adored all of my roommates except for Cherry. After living with Cherry for seven months, I was over her antics. One day I come home from work, lock the door behind me, make myself something to eat, and go up to bed. I brought some work home with me, so I'm in my nighty, with all these papers around me, and my headphones on, jamming out. I had headphones on because Cherry was out to dinner with some friends. That meant booze, and then sometime after, There would be a tantrum surely to come. I just didn't want to have to listen to her crazy scream crying. I'm working away, completely focused, until I feel something. I look up to see a man standing over me. I don't register it right away, and I passively say, Cherry's room is on the second floor. I said it so flippantly because Cherry seemed to regularly bring home strange men. He doesn't leave, though. Again, I say, Cherry's room is downstairs, you. He then interrupts me. I'm not here for Cherry. A cold chill iced my veins. My fight or flight kicked in just then. I start surveying the situation. And as I look him up and down, I see that he has a bottle of Prosecco in one hand and a knife in the other. He's about 5'10", wild, muddy brown hair, and black eyes. He has a light blue polo shirt on, and one side of his collar is popped up, and he has a distinct Manchester accent. Once I focused in, I realized his eyes were black because his pupils were completely dilated. Shit. I was in trouble. I needed an escape plan. Unfortunately, this man was standing in between me and my bedroom door. I needed to get downstairs, but I needed for him to think it was his idea. So I decided to play along. Just then, he uses his knife to pop the cork, and Prosecco starts flowing onto my carpet. I said, oh no, let's clean that up. Besides, I prefer to drink out of a proper flute anyways. He nodded, replying, yeah, you're a proper classy bird. Let's go. I try to act as natural as possible. I try not to show him that I'm shaking all over while I try to gain control over my breathing. We take the long journey down to the main floor of my flat. All three floors. He has the back of my nightie bunched up in one hand, and I could feel the point of the knife graze my back with the other. I was trying to playfully speak with him as we walked down the stairs, but I couldn't tell you what I was saying, most likely just rambling. I couldn't hear anything over my heart beating in my ears anyway. We get to the bottom of the stairs, And there's a hallway to my left that leads to the front door. On my right, which is much closer to us, is the kitchen and living room. We make our way into the kitchen. I point to the cabinets that had the wine glasses. He said he knew where they were and started towards them. I now had the kitchen table between us, so it was time to run. I burst into a sprint down the hallway towards the door. My hands fumble over the locks, shaking and sweating. I swing open the door and see two men walking across the street. They must have been walking home from the train station nearby. So I call to them, ask for help, when suddenly I'm flung to the ground. Little pebbles piercing my skin sent sharp pains where they jabbed. The intruder pushed me out of the way to run and escape. One of the men chased after the intruder while the other said for me to go inside while he surveyed my home and he told me to call the police. I lock the doors before I pick up the phone, and while I'm on the phone with Dispatch, I maniacally run around the house to double-check all the windows and doors. Suddenly, I hear a loud bang on my front door. I inform Dispatch of the banging, and she tells me that the police weren't there yet. I thought it might be one of the gentlemen who helped me, but I go out to look through the eyehole, and it's him. The intruder. He came back. He's banging on my door, screaming that I had his glasses and that he was not done with me. I absolutely freak out at this point. The dispatcher attempts to calm me down, but I'm losing my ever-loving mind. She then said, they're pulling onto your street now. You should hear their sirens. I did, thank God. The intruder then blasts off. One officer jumps out of the passenger side while the car is still moving and chases after him. The second officer comes into my home, interviews me and the two gentlemen, collects some evidence, and takes photos. After some time of him being there, Cherry comes home and freaks out herself. Once the situation was explained, she said, Oh my God, that could have been me. Yeah, thanks Cherry. Everything's about you. The next morning, I'm called in to identify the man that they had in custody I pointed him out I go into a little room and the officer pulls out an evidence bag he asked me if the items were mine they were There were my underwear photos taken from my home and a couple of small trinkets that were sitting on my dresser the officer informed me that the intruder had been stalking me for some time now he estimates about three months he had made a nest outside of our home on top of a hill that overlooked into our living room and the kitchen. He's a known violent offender, as well as a drug dealer. The officer then told me how lucky I was to get out practically unharmed, considering that others just weren't so lucky. My mother's dog, Punky, was a very sweet and gentle dog. She was an emotional support animal but also trained to be a service dog for PTSD before she lost her leg. I had never seen her get aggressive with anyone in the entire 12 years that she lived. Never growled or nipped anyone. And she had no sense of smell, so she loved all animals and people. A real gentle giant among our little terriers at 60 pounds. What I'm getting at here was that her barking at something and being aggressive was so wildly uncharacteristic that I only ever saw it once. When I was 11, I was at home with my siblings, a two-year-old brother and a six-year-old sister. My then stepdad is at work, and my mom ran up to the gas station to grab a pack of cigarettes. For reference, we lived in a two-bedroom trailer in the middle of the woods on a dead-end road at the time, and you had to really make an effort to get down our road, find our place, navigate down our rickety driveway, and then find the door. I'm sitting at the computer, having a grand old time watching YouTube videos, when all of a sudden, all of our dogs, two Boston Terriers and one Chihuahua, perk up, bark a few times, and start investigating down the hall. My siblings were napping in the bedroom at the end of the hall at the time, so I figured they just stirred and scared the dogs. But then Punky sits up suddenly. Stands up on the couch, and puffs her chest out. Her ears are perked up, her fur standing on end, her tail straight up, and then she barks. Loudly. I mean, the bark booms through the living room, and echoes around, and all of a sudden, she lunges off of the couch, and goes tearing down the hallway. I'm already on edge, because I don't think I've ever heard her bark. Ever. She's a Basenji mix, so her bark is more of a bang sound. But this was a big, loud, alert bark. I stand up and go to look down the hallway, ready to fight off what I'm assuming is a shadow monster. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Based on how the dogs are acting, but then I hear it. Knock, knock, knock. We didn't get visitors because of how weird our house was location-wise so my eleven-year-old mind had no clue what to do here. The only people who showed up were family, and they didn't knock. So I slowly walked towards the door. The knock drew the attention of the dogs, and they came running back down the hallway, all except for Punky, and I felt better with our three yappy dogs in the room with me, even if they were all the size of New York City sewer rats. I opened the door just a bit, and standing on our porch, is the sketchiest man that I think I've ever seen. I can still picture him perfectly. He was really thin, tall, with dark hair, and a sunken face, bags under his eyes, and this half-managed hair, sort of like he just gave a quick brush and then figured it was good enough. Everything about him seemed just a little too thin, a little too shallow, and his clothes, well, they were all off too. They were nice, but fake nice, you know? Like a clean, newer-looking t-shirt and new jeans, but he had what looked like a suit jacket on. All his clothes were dark, too, despite the fact that it was summer in Texas and the weather was definitely into the hundreds that day. He also had this plain, unlabeled bottle in his hand. It looked like the label had been covered up and taped over. I stare up at him in confusion because I definitely don't know this man and I asked what he wants. He smiles at me in this way that's way too fake, like this exaggerated and forced grin and he spoke in the same voice retail workers do. Hey there, kiddo. I'm trying to sell this carpet cleaner here and he shakes the bottle at me. Mind if I come in to show you how good it works? Alarms are going off in my head because he just seems so off. Looking back with an adult perspective, The fact that he didn't ask if my parents were home is unnerving, because he probably knew that they weren't, and that's why he was there in the first place. I should have told him to get off our property and that I'd have to go get my mom, but I didn't. Instead, I just shook my head and said, no, we don't have carpets. Well, it works on other things, and he took a big step towards the door and shook the bottle at me. I start to freak out and think to close the door. But the thing is, our front door didn't even have a lock. It was a small town, hard to access home. We never needed a lock. So it's basically useless. I'm sure there's something very wrong about to happen, and I'm terrified as I think about what to do in the few seconds I think I have before it does happen. When all of a sudden, I hear it. Punky had crept up from the hallway, lowered towards the ground with her teeth bared, and snarling like she was feral she had slobber just dripping from her mouth her ears were down and she was ready to pounce the guy hears it too and as I look towards Punky she tries to lunge past me and I just barely catch her with my leg as she tries her hardest to duck past me and attack this guy he freaks out and runs off the porch without another word booking it down the driveway as I let Punky out along with the rest of our dogs as they start chasing him Our small dogs chase him down the driveway and stop about halfway, barking and jumping about. But Punky, she stops on the porch and just watches him with her ears perked, just staring out into the distance until he disappears. I swear I saw someone join up with him running when he got onto the road. The second he disappeared, Punky's entire body language changed and she went back to being the sweet dog I knew, no barking or growling just laying around, mouth and throat covered in slobber. still. I realize my siblings are still down the hall, so I run to check on them, and when I get to the bedroom, they were still sleeping soundly. But the bedroom window? Well, it was wide open. The curtains pushed all to one side, and the items on the dresser in front of the window all shoved around. Someone had tried to climb through the window, no doubt in my mind about it. From what I can gather, the bedroom window was visible from the couch where Punky was sleeping. So I think someone was trying to climb through the window before Punky went after them and scared them off. And the man at the door? Well, he was meant to distract me. They definitely didn't expect Punky, a bigger dog. Because most of the time, she was with my mom inside, while the other smaller dogs were the ones roaming the front yard. I don't know what they intended to do. But after my mom got home, she took all of us to my aunt's house. And on our way there, we saw the men walking up someone else's driveway. Men, plural. Because we watched a second one split off to wait by the road. We called the police shortly after. But to this day, I don't know if anything came of it. I will say though, the lesson that I learned from this whole thing is that it pays to have a big dog around. RIP, punky. A 19-year-old French student, so please excuse my English. This event happened last week as I was heading to my apartment after seeing my friend. I took the tramway at about 11.30 p.m. because I don't feel comfortable walking at night. As soon as I sat, a man who was already sitting nearby came and sat in front of me. I had a very strange feeling about it, so I texted my boyfriend. When I stood up to get out of the tram... The man quickly got out after me he was weirdly following me but not walking behind me he was walking next to me i was getting very anxious with every passing step knowing that something was wrong but i continued to press on and just tried to walk to the street that i lived on as quick as possible i crossed the street and he didn't follow so with a little extra space between us i thought everything was okay but a few seconds later He crossed the road, too, and found himself walking right behind me. But then he passed, and as he was walking in front of me, I thought I was just being paranoid, and that he was walking his way, too. But near my building, he stopped and waited until I met him. He asked me if I had a boyfriend and all. I answered, yeah, I do. Have a good night. As polite as I could be, he then proceeded to leave in front of me, so I was walking slower for him to be far, far from me, and to make sure that he didn't know I was almost home. I turned into the little pathway heading to the lobby of my building, still anxious about this man, even though he continued to walk. I thought I had put my keys in my pocket, but they were in my bag, which meant I spent a little extra time at the lobby entrance, fishing through my bag for my keys. As I get them into my hand, I feel this strange feeling and I peeked behind myself to see that same man running up from behind me. I got the door open, flung myself in, and attempted to close the door as quickly as possible. He hit the door violently with a horrific look on his face. That's when I knew that I was getting into real trouble. So without even thinking, I screamed as loud as I could, and I think that's what saved my life. As the man gained entrance, he ran towards me, pushed me hard to the ground and started to choke me. I was so stunned because I wasn't prepared for such a violent assault. While he was choking me, I couldn't scream at all or even breathe and nobody was coming. So I really thought my time was up. I felt my light flickering away as I was staring into his bulging eyes, his staring into mine with pure hate. It's at this point that I believe I lost consciousness I'm not sure for how long, but it felt like an eternity. When I opened my eyes again, he had just ran out. I had the wife of the caretaker of the building right beside me. The caretaker himself was chasing after the man, but didn't manage to get him. He came back and called the police, and they caught the man within 10 minutes thanks to our description. I really don't know why he did that to me. Because when he attacked me, he didn't try to assault me in a certain way, or rob me, and that would have been easy. I can't understand that his only goal was to kill me. I'm forever indebted to the caretaker of the building, who came to help me and saved my life because nobody else in the building called the police or even tried to help. The man was judged three days later and is in jail now, although he denies every account, even though me, the caretaker, both identified him. And there's video of him following me home. I hope he sits in jail for a long, long time. My worst fear is that he gets out and tries this again with somebody else. And that he successfully extinguishes their life.